0: you know, public service broadcasters are there for a particular reason. They have a duty to reach everybody, which can often mean that they're really dull and boring and a bit worthy and not very exciting.
1: Welcome to Media Minded, the podcast that helps you tell facts from fiction, produced by at UK, the UK's leading political and media literacy education platform in association with ACT, the Association for Citizenship Teaching. This podcast is made possible thanks to the kind support and sponsorship of the US Embassy in London and the Global Engagement Centre at the US State Department. I am your host, Matteo Bergamini, and I'm joined here today by Martina Chapman from Ireland. She is an independent media literacy consultant and has currently been working on the Media Literacy Ireland campaign. Hello Martina. Good morning. Morning, morning. Tell us a bit about yourself. What's the what's the campaign about?
0: So, just to give you a bit of background first. I um, I'm a consultant in media literacy, which basically means that I help a wide range of organizations figure out how they can best support members of the public to become more media literate. Now, the first question there probably is, what does media literacy mean? Well, you may ask. So, for me, there there are three main elements to being media literate. The first, and the most important in my opinion, is being able to understand and critically evaluate media content and services. Uh, so that you can make informed choices and best manage your, your your media. And that's across all platforms, so whether it's on TV or radio or print or social media sites or on video sharing sites, or messaging apps that we're also dependent on now that we're, uh, we're all under lockdown. So basically, it's about being able to make a judgement about what you read, hear or see. The second element is about being able to access and use that media content or, or those services and do that in a safe and secure manner. Uh, for example, lots of us are now using um, uh, video meeting um, services because we're in lockdown at home and we're on a, a steep learning curve about you know the, the safest way to use those. And then the, the, the last and, and possibly the most exciting uh, bit of media literacy, it's about being able to create and participate in, in media and do it in a way that's responsible and doesn't harm anyone, but also allows you to explore your own creativity, your own voice, and your ability to be a, you know to be a potential force for change and positive change. Because we, it's, it's really apparent now more than ever that media and digital communications are absolutely central to our everyday lives. And it's really important for us as individuals, but also as communities and really as society as a whole to have the skills to really understand what's going on and how to participate. But one of the challenges for us is that technology changes so quickly that we have to keep upskilling and learning new stuff. And and that can be a challenge for, for everybody. So that's where media literacy comes in. It's about helping people to continually upscale and continually be aware of of what's going on in the media and how to critically um, kind of assess it and engage with it and participate in it. Uh, I'm also the National Coordinator for Media Literacy Ireland and that's a really, for me personally, it's a really exciting um, part of the work I do. Media Literacy Ireland is, it's a a voluntary um, initiative and it brings together a large group of organisations and individuals who are working together to help people across Ireland become more media literate. Um, MLI, for short, short for Media Literacy Ireland, it's facilitated by uh, the Broadcasting Authority in Ireland, and that is the, the, the regulator here. But every, all the organisations participate in this on a voluntary basis. We have about 150 members right across the media, like um, uh, the public service broadcasters, right through to Facebook and libraries. So um, I don't normally work in an office and I spend or I used to spend about half my time working at home and about half my time travelling. So, for example, last year, I spent a lot of time in the Western Balkans delivering workshops to public service broadcasters about media literacy. Um, And then back in March, uh, end of February, March in Ireland anyway, COVID-19 hit and within four days, literally three months of work disappeared out of my calendar. Um, So just as I was starting to have a little bit of time off, uh, we suddenly thought, actually, this is an incredibly important time to really land the media literacy message in relation to, you know, misinformation and helping people develop the skills to verify uh, information. Um, It's interesting
1: because obviously, I mean, you're obviously a media literacy expert and you say in the campaign that you've got a lot of um, publications that have joined up as well. What do you think is the role of media and media literacy and, and it's collaboration with, with responsible journalism? Would you think the role of, uh, do you think that there, there, there's a need for those two industries to, to collaborate, to to deal with misinformation? Absolutely. Um,
0: Um, We, so so there's, one way of looking at this or the, the approach that we take is that because media affects every part of our lives media literacy is needs to be promoted or it needs to be approached by every sector media promoting media literacy used to be the domain of education and media but really now it's it's up to everybody has a role to play but the media itself so like public service broadcasters uh, commercial media print media and radio they all have incredibly important roles because there's still a huge amount of trust in those organizations uh, and they're kind of the go-to places for um for trusted media and they have networks that are set up to deliver messages so they they you know we, we literally go to a radio station to hear what's on it um, so when we're trying to deliver a media literacy message mm-hmm. they are fantastic networks to, um, to help us do that
1: yeah, yeah. and I mean, you say trusted media which I think is quite interesting because there has been a growing distrust in the media in general especially when when you consider the you know the term you know mainstream can sometimes be used as quite quite negative. Um, how do you feel it's affected um, your work in Ireland in general
0: I think I think first of all, I think there's always been a little bit of uh, kind of mistrust of the media, and this goes back to or well this this feeds into to bias because you know certainly in in print, it, some publications have uh, a bias, for example, either left or right, and you know you you choose whether to to buy uh, a, a piece of media so if if your worldview doesn't align with a piece of media, then, your instinct may not be to to trust it, so I think there's always been a balance there um, about trust or preferred preferred suppliers. But I think uh, we we just need to be a bit careful about the idea of, of, of trust in media and and how whether or not it's it's really fallen or not. Um, but I do think that with a lot of this, of the discussion that we've had in recent times. About trusted media, about mainstream media, and also that this term, this problematic term in in, in my uh, opinion of fake news, that um, actually a lot of reputable um, media outlets or you know media outlets that do do their best to deliver um, reliable and accurate information. Uh, they have become very, very aware that the promotion of media literacy is essential. Um, So a lot of the work I've done with public service broadcasters uh, across Europe has been exactly about that. You know, public service broadcasters are there for a particular reason. Um, And their funding structure is different than most kind of mainstream media. And what makes them different is, is that they have a duty to reach everybody, which can often mean that they're really dull and boring and a bit worthy and not very exciting. But in an environment where you know people are 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 more are less trusting, maybe of media, that's when those kind of organisations really need to help the the public understand the difference, uh, the different kind of business models behind media, so that they can the people can make informed choices about what they're consuming.
1: Sure, and 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 finally, what what kind of tips could you give to people that? Um, may want to stop the spread of um, false of or, or misinformation and how can they best protect themselves?
0: Well, as part of the campaign that Media Literacy Ireland are doing, we have some very simple advice and it's stop, think and check. So stop, read more than a headline. Don't assume that a picture or photo is giving you the whole story. And just because the information is going viral or trending, it doesn't mean it's accurate. And then think. So think carefully about what the information is for, and this means means asking yourself some questions about, you know, who's creating it, why are they creating it, and uh, and and you know, how's it being paid for? Uh, and then in terms of of check, you know, check that the the URLs are um, are accurate. If, if this is online, to so look closely at the web address. Um, look at the detailed check for accuracy and in the end if you're still in doubt go to a fact checking service.
1: Amazing, amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much, Martina. And thank you to everyone for listening to Media Minded, the podcast that helps you tell facts from fiction, produced by Shout Out UK, recorded and edited by Sabina McKenzie Brown. This podcast is made possible thanks to the kind support and sponsorship of the US Embassy in London and the Global Engagement Centre at the US State Department.